Why am I singing this show? I, I don't know. I thought maybe you were you're feeling old today. You need to well, sit in a comfortable chair. And if I don't move, then I won't be noisy. If you don't move. <laughs> yeah, well, if you don't move in the other one, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Today, we're going back to one of our favorite series, which is We Were Here in We Were Here Forever, the, as far as we know, last installment of the series. Maybe. Just up front, just a bit of a spoiler warning here. We will probably be mentioning a bit about some of the other games in reference to this one, as far as in the series and we will probably talk a bit about the lore or the story. I think you get bits of it in the other installments, like the first three installments, but this one really is just going to tell you everything. So if you have not played the other We Were Here games, certainly recommend them. The first one is still free. Give it a try. But we are here to discuss We Were Here Forever by Total Mayhem Games, released May of 2022. Finally. <laughs> this is another one that's been put off and put off and put off, probably because of pandemic stuff. We didn't really mind. We would rather that they make a good product than rush it and get something bad out. I think overall, I'm quite happy with it. How are you feeling with it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was definitely, it felt different, but it was, uh, you know, out with the old and with the new. It was 10% off when we got it, which was about 16 bucks, I think. It's only 18 and... We did things a bit slowly. We probably spent a bit more time looking around and doing stuff than other people, but still 16 hours, I think, before we did our yeah. extra stuff last night that we're going to, we're going to get to. <laughs> There's something in particular at the ending that we're going to get to, but not yet, not in the spoiler free section, obviously. As far as the game itself, I didn't look at reviews within one week. It just seems like, cause we're recording this basically the week after it came out. <laughs> it came out six days ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, with our gameplay, we've only played it through... To get this episode out when we want to, we only have played one way. So we haven't, in the puzzles where we get locked apart from each other, we haven't swapped sides yet and done that. So we don't have 100% achievements yet. We don't. We think most of the achievements are just within the main story of the game. But that means that there are a number of... I think eight, where we need to swap over and do other things. We will. So you can add that to our game time, certainly. You could easily make this a... 20-something. I would say let's just make it an even 20, because we were probably messing around a bit more than other people going, oh, maybe this is something special, because mm -hmm. we played the other ones, and there were sometimes Easter eggs, sometimes not really Easter eggs, but something that would be useful later. Right. So we were looking around at everything. There were also some times in our gameplay where you had to go downstairs and help bring up a new bookcase or something, and we left <laughs> the game running for half an hour. So we can't count that. And the half an hour it took us to even launch the game in the first place. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to count that. <laughs> but that's kind of standard for us and trying to figure out how a co-op game works at the beginning. What does this button do? <laughs> I think, though, that it will fits into our dollar an hour price that we normally put on buyer's remorse. Yeah, it's well priced. It's very, very, very fairly priced, as are all the games. We were expecting this one to maybe go at 20 at start, 
I was surprised that it was under 20. Yeah, we're hoping for 10. I thought it would be 20, and it came in at 16. So, nice little midway point. I also think that the game is a bit longer than we expected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, (laughs) if you look at the chapters, which that we're going to have to discuss. There's a bit of confusion about the chapters. We did the first two thinking that was pretty much going to be the game and then found out that there was a whole nother section that was basically going to be three sections. And that was a wonderful surprise. Yeah. Because I think we, we were assuming we were going to smash this in about two nights of play mm-hmm. and be done. And that was not the case. Yeah. 10 hours done. It's like, oh no, you, all oh, right. I think we finished the game. Oh, here's another game. <laughs> yeah. As far as that, I think that's kind of where we need to leave it because we need to start actually getting into talking about the game. This is probably going to be a long one, but I'm hoping not. We'll see. Yeah. There's a lot to discuss over a series finale of a game that we have reviewed each one and we've enjoyed each one. It's going to be difficult to kind of rein that in, but we will try. (laughs) Here's your spoiler warning. Let's talk about the messing around at the beginning, trying to get (laughs) into a game. It was really frustrating. Yeah, like, hello, we are here. Let (laughs) let us in. (laughs) I think one of the biggest issues was setting the region. The region seemed to set, and then whenever we backed out of the menu, it would reset. There is a setting you found to disable looking for the server automatically. It kept trying to put us in Europe, and we're not in Europe. We ended up playing that one just because it was okay. I kind of messed up, I think. And it was okay. It wasn't noticeably bad. Maybe a few frame drops and stuff here and there, but nothing drastic. For my noob eye, you know, it didn't affect me. What I will say, though, from the outset is that this game feels more polished than any of the others. Yeah, you even said when we were playing, do you think this is a new engine? Because it looks... Like, they've totally upped their game for this one. It's a shame that they came in at the end and did it. If this wasn't the final installment, there would be more using this because it really looks good. It plays smoother. We encountered, I think, far less bugs than we did in the other games. I think so. Certainly far less character jumping, where I would be looking at your character and suddenly you were 10 feet ahead of where you were before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see as much of that. I would say that the images were just smoother. We had some animations where maybe the hands didn't quite connect, but overall, it just looks more beautiful. The cutscene animations were, in the previous game, had definitely been improved and looked better, but really in this one, it's just so much further than it has been. And when you look back at the original We Were Here Mm. and how kind of angular it feels yeah uh, especially when you look at what i still will say is the creepiest moment in the entire series the jester puzzle from the first one Mm -hmm. it's just not even the same (laughs) yeah the original one you could kind of see where assets were put next to each other yeah this one is not like that at all this is just so well put together as far as the visuals moving around feels very smooth and biggest improvement the walkie-talkie actually kind of works. Yeah, for us, it's like the first time we've actually played with the walkie-talkie, as you should be playing. Until now, we always went to Steam Chat. I am going to say, if you are playing with a friend, as probably most of you will be, it's got to be a tough game to play with a stranger. I tried last night. 
Did you really? Uh, after, after we finished, I was like, all right, I'll give this multiplayer a go. And I got a Chinese guy or someone from Asia who didn't speak English and was just shouting at me. <laughs> so eventually he hung up on me. And then I tried looking for another game because it's like, you know, you can play with random people. Nothing popped up. Everyone's playing with friends. I don't think anyone... Why would you even go in there just to hang around and wait for someone to maybe come on and find you? It's also kind of a weird situation where I could imagine it'd be like you. Well, you've already played it, so you already know the answers. Are you going to just give the answers away to the other people playing? Or are you going to be patient enough to sit there and let them figure it out? Yeah, I mean, unless your friend was like, all right, I'm done. I'm not playing. Oh, well, well I want to do it in the, other way, in the other way and get the full achievements. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, well, now I've got to play with some random person. Maybe that happens. I don't think so. If you buy this game, chances are you've played the other three. You like the game. That's why you bought it. Yeah, I, I just don't understand this public lobby. Maybe there are some people who, like, if I wanted to play again, but you didn't maybe try it. But again, then you never know if you're playing with somebody who's new to it or somebody who's already beaten it. It would be a fun one to play again, but I'd want to play somebody who's already done it so that I wasn't stealing the game away from them, basically. Yeah. I don't know that we've talked about this before, but that sounded a bit like your journey experience. Yeah, yeah. Which has kind of put me off of journey. For it's a, and it's a shame because journey is great. But yeah, when I played journey, other people could just drop into your game and they're just like, hey, here's a lever for this door. I've opened it. Oh, thanks. But I wanted to find it on my own. Yeah, so I'm not sure that I would want to leap into that, but I guess I'm glad it exists. The opening part where we are in the keep, we wake up in a room that gets unlocked for us. Mm -hmm. Mystery. Welcome to the game. Yeah. And we're describing the room we're in and the area we're in. Basically, we're in the same area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know who these explorers are. As far as within the series of games? Yeah, in the series... We were here one, basically two adventurers enter, one leaves, one is trapped, the one that leaves fires off a flare, two other adventurers see that flare, they go in for we were here two, two leave, or you can leave with two people in we were here two, but then one of them for some reason turns around and goes back inside at the end, if you do manage to leave with two, we were here together is the one with the magical dagger and you have to choose between suicide or killing your friend so again one person leaves so i don't know who these two are these are just two of the other expedition i guess and they've been trapped there's not much to this opening we were standing looking around a lot more again which is why our playtime is probably a bit more if we really wanted to speed run this part we could have yeah but again why would you i get it people like to flex on oh i finished this game in five hours i'm super smart take your time you know r relax it's not a race the environments are really beautiful, and yeah, spend your time, look around, try and find some secrets, try and find bits of lore, solve the puzzles, you know? This opening part was a lot of tutorial, run, jump, crouch, I think, which I never used. Crouch never really came into play, did it? Maybe that's the secret that we're missing. Maybe there was something we needed to crouch into later on in the game. That is definitely possible. There's a lot in this one of just, oh, there are three shapes on the wall. I can see them. What do you have? Oh, I've got these three dials. Okay, turn those. Yeah. Even though we weren't trying to rush through, I think we were a bit because we wanted to get to something a bit more interesting. This is fine. This is a great warm-up. You definitely want to scaffold in. You don't want to start with the hardest puzzle. <laughs> yeah. And so, again, 
they've leveled things up well so that it's just enjoyable. And this one I felt more than any. I think what I would say is that the game design and level design, puzzle design, after doing this for three games, and the fourth game, they've just really hit their stride. So that even though there were some that were a bit confusing at first, Mm -hmm. I never felt completely lost. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like they'd they'd found a nice Goldilocks zone of not too hard, not too easy, just right for this game. They also had a bunch of times where we were in the same room, but in different halves of the room. So we were close enough, you could kind of see some of the things that they were doing, but not all of the things. That works well, too, because you can see, oh, they have very similar things to me, or wow, they're setup is completely different to what I have. Right. That is just a nice extra thing, and it feels separate but connected. Yeah, another thing that I noticed in this game that I really appreciated was your ability to trade places. We did that a few times in the game where we were. I was like, okay, Justin, can I swap with you so I can see what you're seeing, and then you see what I'm seeing, and then we can get a better idea of what the puzzle is. There were some that you had to die to make that happen. Right. <laughs> but die we did, so we could switch and go, oh, okay, now I see what you were talking about. Now I see what you're looking at. Or, oh, what's this lever here? That's the thing that was missing. Now we've got it. Yeah. Working together. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that. I think our first real puzzle came in the series of elevators. We have a sort of mine shaft-esque place with a pulley where I think I had to send you a key Yeah. on a rope that moved around the pulley. Then... We were opening up different sections, and this is where we realized, oh, we can actually both get on this elevator or this moving platform together and look at each other's area. I was shocked because I didn't think it would happen this early. Right. There's a whole series of things like a blanket on the wall that after we open something, lights turn on, and oh, what's that blanket or that tapestry? Clearly, that's going to be important because there are four symbols on it. There's a book with arrows on it. There are a number of these kind of puzzles where we have the same symbols, but we can each only access half of them. So I have to move the ones that I can out of your way so that you can move yours into place. Then that finishes. That was probably the first real puzzle of this section. The hardest puzzle for us, being spatially challenged, is then (laughs) we... Forget which elevator to take or how to get back to a particular area. Yeah, there's only like three elevators as well. But I was like, where am I going? <laughs> there was a very interesting puzzle. And again, where we can swap places mm-hmm. is one where dials were just ticking. So we're basically on opposite sides of glass. A glass cabinet kind of thing. Yeah, so we could sort of see through each other, but we couldn't see the dials. Couldn't break into it with the hammer that's st- sitting right next to it, of course. Yes. Ignore all tools like that. You probably won't be able to, except for the pickaxe later. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I quite understood this one because you were sort of solving it from the other side and just telling me what to push. You had way more symbols, I think, than I did. And of course, we're back to our messed up way of trying to describe things to each other. And half the time we're describing the same thing, but in different ways. We don't know we're talking about the same thing. This one had a lot of pictures of shells. And so that didn't help. That one looks like a poop emoji. That one looks like a leaf. That one looks like a spiral. Let's do that. Yeah. How are you interpreting that? Do you remember? Yeah. So basically, the bottom row is stationary. 
The, the top row is the one that moves like a, a slot machine. Yeah, but it's doing that... Every 20 seconds or something It's like that. pretty short, yeah. Yeah. And so on your side, you'll have a symbol that is rotated around and pops up. Yeah, so I get one key one that pops up, and I only have six different shapes that I can interact yeah. with. Yeah, and so you tell me what that shape is, and then I match that with the bottom row of that, and then I tell you which random symbol has popped up on mine, and oh, then okay. you push that on your side. And then it lights uh, a little light bulb, and we have to do that four times. Yeah, on my end, there is sort of a piston that would raise, unlocking that uh, section. okay. So from both sides very nicely you knew something was happening and that is something they've done pretty well in this game is letting you know yes you've done something you are on the right track that was sort of a mini frustration i think our first real frustration came with the film projector <laughs> yeah. very clever very cool good puzzle i like this puzzle a lot actually it was just an order of operations puzzle and that seems to be the one that gets us the most it was a very cool setup with the projector itself that looks great, a five-wheel projector that you can control which one you're watching, making the buttons to hit it forward and backward. You can watch it as many times as you need. It'll just keep playing, but it's timed, so <laughs> you can't just do it at your leisure. You have to sort of start planning out, okay, you're going to hit this button, and then I'm going to pull this lever, and then together we're going to do the red levers. You have to work that out. It's, for us, a series of trial and error to make sure we're actually doing the right thing in the right order, but also practice to get it right, to get that pattern down, especially when there's a time limit. Yeah, and that definitely comes into play later on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this was leading to us getting what we knew from very early on we needed a gear to go into something because we kept turning this dial. A lot of these big, I don't know how to describe them, like they're, they're a push lever that we have to both push from ends. opposite ends. It's like the mill from Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. And we knew something must happen, so we kept trying it. And Just going see, round and round. Yeah. Do you see anything happening? No. Do you? No. I can, I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can hear it because there are gears turning, yeah. just not the right ones. Yeah. So once we had the giant gear, which I think you said you couldn't even see around yeah, the gear. Yeah. I picked it up and it was like, Justin, you have to guide me because I can't see in front of me. Place that, and this is where we become separated again. Yeah, you go up, up off through the vault door. Yeah, so I'm going to put myself into a bird cage, a giant bird cage, and you're going to push a button. You go one way. And the birdcage takes me another. And this leads us through a couple of vault puzzles. The vault puzzles are mostly difficult because it's difficult to explain exactly what's going on to the other person. Yeah. The symbols are pretty much the same. There's a compass in the middle, north, south, east, west. And that helps you to describe it in cardinal directions. This symbol is at north. This symbol is at south. You have three rings of shapes you have to deal with. On the outer ring, I believe they're pentagons. Middle ring is squares. And there's two circles on the innermost ring. When I got to the second one of these, it was more fun for me because now I could actually interact. That first one, I couldn't interact. I basically just had to give you information. Mm -hmm. And if anything overall about puzzles or level design I might complain about, it might be that. 
that there were a number of times where I felt the activities we were doing were not equal. Right. Where I just had information and nothing to interact with and nothing really to do. And this is probably the most obvious of these because I'm standing on basically a wooden balcony and there's literally nothing for me to touch, nothing for me to do. I can walk down some stairs to get a different look of the vault and that's it. Right. And we're talking like three stairs. I could look at it from anywhere. <laughs> so while you were trying to figure out, I was just standing there. Yeah, I had three books to interact with. I had a workbench with a projector on it that projected symbols onto the vault door, like a model of the vault door. I could spin things around. There was codes to put in. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff on my end for that. And then the puzzle got even more trickier because then it, it shifts the cardinal directions around by 90 degrees and north is now pointing, like, west. Like, okay, well, is that my north or your north? <laughs> a little bit of trial and error there as well. But overall, I think this is a good easing you into what's to come. It is. Just on my end, that first one, I, I was a bit bored. <laughs> right, yeah. I think as well... With this, though, the confusing part comes in the second one where I can actually move the center. And in moving the center, I move all the shapes around. Right. As though they're on one piece of metal behind everything else. And that seemed to be the hardest thing to get you to understand while we were doing the puzzle. Because you're saying, oh, well, if you move this shape here and this shape here. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I have to move them all or none. I can just move. You can yeah. move the holes. <clears throat> I can move the holes, and that's why I don't think I quite explained clearly, is that the outer shapes of the pentagons, the squares, the circles, those are just holes. They aren't actual shapes that are moving around. So, I mean, I think by the time we understood that, then it was all in your hands. You were just like, just tell me where it needs to go, and I'll, I'll sort out the rest. So I was just like, yeah, okay, that, that, that should go there, and then you could just move the holes around. There was also just our play of, we've done this before, and there were so many things in the other versions where the shapes could be so similar and there are definitely some here mm -hmm. but there are some times where like, okay i'm going to explain all of the shapes and i'm looking at them going yes that's the right one but because we're on the walkie-talkie even though i'm trying to hit it and flash to you yes yes that's fine move on i got it <laughs> you're gonna go through the whole thing and it's fine being thorough but i'm sitting there going yes yes you <laughs> you're like, I'm not sure if this makes sense to you, but it's got this and this and this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had me at the first sentence. I got in the first sentence. <laughs> but it was very cool to be sort of carried away. Now, this is where being in separate areas, you got different achievements than I did. Yep. The thing about that puzzle, though, the second one, is that you actually do have to control which ring I can move. Yeah, that's right. And that's what was kind of missing from the first one, is I felt like I needed something I could actually be doing. Mm -hmm. Then we get to the gauntlet of sort of mazes where you have to stand above and tell me which direction to go. Oh, yeah. We were here forever, Fall Guys edition. Yeah, pretty much. What is it? Some sort of fruit thing in Fall Guys. Well, well it's Hexagon, which is one of the later ones, but yeah. <laughs> but this to me seems more like the fruit matching one because I have to go over the shapes that are coming up to you. How are they coming up to you? I had like, so I'm up on the balcony and I had like a, a row of just a wooden plaques and then they would flip down and they would show me the shapes. And those were the shapes that you, sometimes it was shapes that you had to stand on. And maybe in the next room, it was shapes that you couldn't stand on. I had to carry a giant 
heavy metal ball that would stop me from jumping or running. Or running, yeah. <laughs> they give and they take away. Mm. There was the first one, which was pretty easy. The second one where I think they started to put up walls and we had to walk around. When you get to the final one, it's just what is going to be the longest path you have to take to get there in the shortest yeah. amount of time. Yeah, you can't stand on any of these and you got to get here. It's like, okay, so I'm going the long way around on this one. Yeah. There were no deaths up until now. You fall onto the ground and you're totally fine. And I was waiting for I was like, why are there no deaths? Because <laughs> that's what's one thing that the other games do all the time is kill each other. And that will come, but not in this part. And maybe again, maybe they're building up to that. Also, I think, like you said, it kind of makes more sense not to have deaths because you're two explorers. You shouldn't really die and then just like, oh, suddenly come back to life. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, oh, you were impaled by spikes on a wall 3,000 times and we were here together or whatever it was. But you just magically come back to life. It feels a bit more realistic. Yeah, yeah. We now get into an area of many ramps. Yes. Oh, wow. We were both talking to each other going... There's been no real brain mellers in this game so far. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the ramps. There are four symbols. Like a deck of cards, spades, clubs, diamonds, hearts. They glow in a neon way, which looks very cool mm. in the game. I can see a weird giant jester doll. I don't think you got I to see that. I couldn't see it, no. You got to see other things. There were giant jester coins. Yeah. We could create ways to get to portal doors that were numbered. I think the idea is that I was meant to help guide you through your section and you were meant to help guide me through mine, but you've done so many of these games, you were just flying through most of yours and then trying to figure out mine. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I've got this and I've got this and I've got this. Yeah, okay. I had I, tons on my side though. That was the thing. I had three buttons. You only had one. Yeah, exactly. And that's again where... I'm like, come on, why did we not <laughs> both have two? In the end, it works, though. It was a lot of back and forth confusion. Did we stop and come back to this one? Or did we actually push through? I think we pushed through this one. I think we did actually finish this one. And then we were like, okay, we're quitting after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was day one. It even took me a little while to figure out where I was supposed to be sending you. Yeah. It would have been harder on your side because... I was the one that had the most buttons, so you would have to be looking at me, planning my route and thinking, okay, I've got to get you to that button so you can push that, backtrack you to that. Hey, where should I be going, Darren? Oh, you need to be going here. We were just kind of winging it for the first part. My idea was just like, see how far I can get before I stop, then start backtracking, and then see how far I can get you without backtracking too far. That's usually how I would approach a puzzle like this. And it didn't work. <laughs> well, I think part of that is just the fact that I only had the one green lever. Mm. And I will say this. They did a clever thing visually of, say, for example, you're on a ramp. Well, I can't hit the lever while you're on a ramp. And they have these crystals that come up and lock the gear in place. Right, yeah. Because we did definitely try to do it while we were on the ramps. Well, if I just get you on the ramp and then hit the lever... You can go the other way. No. Yeah. But I think, again, that's a big part of the problem with my end, with only having basically two levers. One I can get to fairly early on, and one which is our end game. Yeah. I was stuck with not much to explore and not much to do. I think, again, I was meant to help you, but you were doing quite well on your own. I couldn't really help you until you got me to my other lever, 
And that's where I could go, oh, there was one point where you said, oh, if I could just get you to something. I said, oh, well, we can because I have that lever at the top. You just need to get me there mm. and then back down and then we'll be fine. And we did it. Yeah. I mean, once I knew where the exit actually was, I, I could understand where your final was. And mm. I was like, we are so close. Like, you'd be set up if we could just get you right to there. It was just an issue of perhaps you not knowing what to tell me about the top, how to explain that part, because we hadn't got to it yet. That's just not the way we tend to do puzzles. We don't look 10 steps ahead. We have to deal with the puzzle at hand mm -hmm. and getting me to the next area. Yeah. And that's very much how we think. And this puzzle was much more about plan all your steps ahead of time, which is not my no. style. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a good, that was a good puzzle to get there. And I felt pretty good when we completed that. It's like, yeah, pretty solid by the end. I was very frustrated though, but turning that big wind up key at the end. And that's another thing this game does that the other games didn't do, I think, where you have to pull things together. I mean, they maybe did it once or twice in the original game, but this one seems to be a recurring thing, especially for like end of level stuff. You both have to pull a switch together at the same time. It's solid ending to each zone. The next puzzle, mm -hmm. I believe, is where we actually stopped. This is the room with the many pentagons. So there, there are many pentagon rooms, and we were each in two different rooms. Oh, it was like we're inside like a massive like D20. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and each room has a symbol in the center, like a hobby horse, playing cards, dice, harp, and... On the top of the room, there are five symbols, one above each door. We had to tell each other which way to rotate the rooms. We had one part here which just really stuck us for ages. And we think we might have hit a bug at some point. Because I'm sure that we already did what we did to solve it. It's so straightforward. Put the pictures matching. There's only one door open usually so that only one of us can get through. Yeah. You go to the room that you've matched the symbols for, and there there might be a key so that you can turn and bring more rooms into play mm -hmm. until you get the pink archway one, and yeah. then you have to get each other to there at the same time, which the first time we did this, oh, <laughs> we're suddenly both here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've solved it. Now we can quit. <laughs> Darren was like... All right, now we've got to figure out how to get you here. I'm like, I'm already here. I'm, already here. I'm trying to wave. Yeah, you're right. behind me. I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, because that pink door doesn't isn't locked on my side, isn't locked on your side either. I thought I was going to have to go to that room and somehow get you there. Yeah, you just walk through it like I did, yeah. We had a time where we're pretty sure we had it set up, but like if it's set up incorrectly, the door just bounced us back out. So we thought maybe the rule had changed or something was wrong. And so we spent ages on this puzzle trying to solve a problem that really wasn't a problem. Yeah. Here's a checkpoint that needs to be added, though, because after we did that and after we were frustrated and after we'd played for something like four and a half hours that first session, yeah, we were done. And then the next day we come back and, oh, great, we're back at the first Pentagon room puzzle again. Yeah. Well, that's all right. We know what we're doing. We'll fly through it. We did, but... Rotating everything is very slow. Yeah, it took us a good, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes just to get back to where we were, even though we knew the puzzle by heart. Exactly. And on top of that, though, I will say we didn't hit the bug a second time. Right.
we get into another series of these kind of rooms. I think this is more of a cube that we're inside this time, though, and visually very interesting and thematically quite interesting because on one side you have, say, an egg, but you get put into another purple, darker cube, and the egg matches with the bird's skull. Right. And so there's beginning and end with this, which is great thematically for this being the series end. It's very great for us as characters and the story. Like, this is finally the end. And also just to connect those in the puzzle. Oh, well, I've got an egg. Oh, I've got a skull. Okay, you know how to pair those up. You're now not looking necessarily both at the same thing because you can be in two different rooms, but because you've just done this puzzle together, you know what's going on. Yeah, you know and, and this time you can see your own symbols for your own room as well. Yes, so you can actually have a bit more agency over what you're doing. Yeah, because the game is basically telling you, all right, you know what you're doing. We're not going to make you communicate all that again. Like, just now the puzzle is changed slightly. And I, I like that, and it, it felt good, and we kind of smashed through this fairly quickly. Welcome to Chapter 2. Here is the owl statue, which is going to speak to us. I noticed, I, I can't remember what it was, something that said interact. And I went, oh, I'm going to explore a bit first. And Darren just interacts and gets locked into a room. It was like something out of the, um, like those old Scooby-Doo things where you push the button and the fireplace rotates. And then I was just suddenly trapped in this room. I'm <laughs> just like, hey, Justin, uh, you know that thing that I, you said not to touch? Uh, I touched it. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm stuck with a bunch of heads, apparently. Yeah, yeah. My, if we could graph my emotion in this, we were flying at first, man. We're just like, I mean, obviously we get acquainted with the bearings and we find out what we're doing. Yeah, that takes a while. But as soon as we're like, okay, this is the puzzle for a set of heads, because basically what we're going to do is we hear a little bit of a riddle about the history of the lore, like this person did this and this other person did that. I look through a book. I'm in a workshop full of dummy heads. And then I'm like, okay, that sounds like these two guys. And then I pass you the heads through this door and we were bingo. Next one, bingo. Well, okay. You also have books of information about these people. So what happens is you put the head in this mannequin and it swivels around. I have a sort of diorama where I have to place these heads. Mm -hmm. And the diorama changes each time we get it right. When the head swivels around from you, I get the name, I get their occupation usually, and a little speech that happens, which gives us an extra clue as to whether we're right or not. Right. But boy, did we hit a couple that... It was the last one. It was the, it was the last one, wasn't well, it? Well, we had a little trouble with the one that was sort of clockmaker and compass person, like astronomer thing. And then the last one was just really, really hard because... To me, it looked like an assassin or some sort of dirty fighter and somebody stealing a book. Right. And in the clue, it said something about not wanting to wear a crown. And there was another one, too. I think the one just before that as well, where, oh, maybe it was this one, the one that would betray or something. Yeah. And you kept trying to give me, like, the head of the guard or something. I'm like, that's not that guy. He he just speaks about, oh, I love my king. Mm. Take that guy back. Take that guy back. And, oh, wait, it's the queen. And I'm like, no, she's wearing a crown and she loved her husband. Yeah. Take that back. Take that. But I'll try it. I kept trying it and trying it. And then on top of that, whenever you get it wrong, 
nay. Yeah. And then <laughs> it's going to have a whole speech that it gives you. It is kind of nice that you can re-listen to the riddles by mm. pushing one of the talents of the owl. Just kind of frustrating because we both think we're right, but then we're both wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I do, though, get to look at your area after. So this isn't a sort of thing where you get a secret door in that room and I get a secret door in my room and we move on. I can actually wander around and go, oh, I see what you were dealing with all these heads and mm. these books, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I like that. But then we had a bit of, not long, but maybe about three minutes of trying to figure out where we were supposed to go. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't notice that the owl statue had raised and there was a passage we had to jump into. Our next section, I believe, is music will lead you home. Yeah, this is setting up for the end game kind of thing. It is. And that's what we didn't really know at this point. At this point, we just thought this was another puzzle room and let's get to it. There's a series of chairs with symbols, which we found out were guilds. There were, in two different places, heads that we had to match to mannequin bodies that were meant to put into the chairs. We both noticed that there were spiral metal shapes underneath the chairs and into the ceiling. So yeah. we suspected that would come into play, and they did. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of logic puzzle for this one. Yeah, this is just basically your classic, you know, Emily has yellow hair and she's sitting next to a boy who has green hair. We had it so close. It took a while. We're not going to lie. It took us a while to figure it out, figure out what the symbols meant, figure out what we're actually supposed to be doing. There seemed to be so many things to play with, but the mannequins were the only thing right now that we actually could. Yeah. I think we got the bulk of it correct and it was just a case of messing around with a few of them, wasn't it, by the end? When we got to the end, we had it We had it very, very close. There are two mannequins that have green hats. And orange hair. Yeah, one is, I think, meant to be blonde, which right. you said, I think it's blonde, I'm not sure. And we got all of them into the chair. We finally have worked out the logic puzzle. We think we've got it. Because, of course, it's a logic puzzle, so you get some people whose information is missing. Mm-hmm. Banners that are ripped. Yeah. Or heads that you can't see because they've been knocked off in our... Little templates, yeah. Yeah. And we had them all, and we thought, oh, we're so right. And you're like, all right, well, back to the drawing board. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Can you just do me a favor? <laughs> Can we just try switching the green hat ladies? Because those are the only two we really are not sure about. Yeah. It's probably a long shot. <laughs> but by the time I said that, I think you already swapped them in. We got the beautiful music and done. Yeah. But now... We've got a music puzzle. Thankfully, not the kind where we have to match notes as far as on a piano keyboard. I've got letters and I've got shapes that rotate based on that. So it's basically a code breaking system. Yeah. I have a couple letters on the wall that I can see. Oh, D means this shape. E means this shape. I had three on mine, so I had like C, A, and B, I think. So again, we're missing some like that. I think you had a clue at some point as to which order we should be doing these things. I had like six pages of sheet music and like a x-ray boards where you clip things to it, and so I could put all the all the music in. It was like music by, you know, the elder, the younger, the critic, the modernist, or whatever it was. One of them was labeled as number one. It had like a wax seal in it, number one. So I knew where to start. That was the easy one. And then it was like, basically, it was just a case of, okay, who do you think was next? 
And then it's basically they transpose some of the symbols around, they, they mixed it up, or they changed some of the music. And that was it. Good. I like this puzzle. I didn't like the fail music, because we had to sit through that like a few times. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> yeah. It is nice, though, that we both got the music. Yeah. You didn't just have to wait and go, oh, was that right? <laughs> you knew pretty quickly that it was not. Yeah. The chart on the wall, or I guess just a bit of information on the wall, helped guide us as well as to who was the elder, who was the younger. Mm. We're working together. We both have information, and we both have something to do. Yeah. Works well. This leads to, oh, here's what the game is really about. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the game, folks. As all your mannequins fall into the pit that opens up. Yeah, and not damaging the instrument that's at the bottom of that pit somehow. Up arrives this instrument that we are going to use to help end the reign of the king who has now become the castle, and hopefully the jester as well. We also have a mission to do now. We have a fetch quest mm. where in a bunch of exposition, it tells us there are a group of people who work together. All the guilds, wasn't it? It was all the guilds, yeah. There are three discs that we need to power up this machine, so we need to go get them, and we have three different areas to go to. This is going to lead us to a very long cable car ride down to a huge statue in the center of an area, and now you have a choice as to which area you want to go to first. Yep. There's a cemetery that we both agreed that was definitely going to be the last <laughs> one. There is a Nautilus area, which we left for a second, and the one that we went to, which was, I guess it was meant to be the town under the town. Yeah. Something yeah. like yeah. that. But that was the funniest part of the game for me. I laughed so much because <laughs> I basically called the, uh, the the cable, not a cable car, it's more like a ski lift, isn't it? So I called the ski lift and then there's like this frozen explorer, one of our team basically who's got this far and he's in there and I could inter interact with him and I pushed him and he just like, he's like a frozen block of ice and he just kind of goes thunk onto the floor and then as he, his body hadn't even touched the ground and you just leapt into his chair. <laughs> let's go, let's go. <laughs> a very long cable car ride. It is long, yeah. I, I, long like that. I like that stuff. Like the beginning of like uh, Half-Life, that, that train ride that takes like five minutes. I'm all down for slowing down pace in games and just like taking a breather. My only problem is there's not a lot to look at in the cable. It's just green and foggy canyon, isn't it? If they had, like, the moon and stuff to look at, but there was really nothing there, I was like, ah, kind of ball dropped, I felt like. Give us something to look at. In this one, there is a light that is cast. There's a series of scaffolding that basically we have to run around. There's a caged room with a door that won't quite open. We just have to start exploring. So we're going up. I think your side, there was not much the first time. And then mine, I was like, ooh, now I have all the stuff I get to play with. Yeah. I was able to find a boat that was going to be an elevator for us. There was a ramp that I could move, but it couldn't quite reach you. And there was so much to explore that I missed something way early on where there was two different paths that I could have gone to, and you saw it. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, I had saw that originally, but then when I had jumped on a chair that took me across the other way... I forgot all about it. Yeah. So then I went up there. Oh, yeah, that's the one lever we needed this whole time. <laughs> Pull that lever. And we're basically just doing different levers to get ourselves across. 
Yeah. Though there is the, what we refer to as the Harry Potter ramps. Staircase. Yeah. yeah. Where we had to keep moving them around until we could both get into the same area and help each other with the different lifts and elevators to get to where we really needed to be, which was... Like two rocks that we could jump on. Yeah. Which was going to open, I guess, the door from that caged room that we couldn't get into. Mm -hmm. You are going to end up on a platform above that. I am going to end up where I can grab all of what are mirrors and some shapes. With the light now projecting through, we had to bounce it around. Pretty straightforward idea of a puzzle. It just took us a while to figure out exactly what was going on, what direction things needed to be. We needed to match a shape. Very cool. Like, you didn't really get to see it, but each picture was very well designed. Certain areas were darkened in, and that's what we used to match up that shape that you were seeing, apparently. Yeah. Which you refer to as, like, a... A barfly holding a key, but it was probably an owl. <laughs> yeah, I, I would go for owl, but I think you were saying, oh, it looks like a... Oh, it looked like a Rorschach case yeah. to me, yeah. <laughs> that's what you were saying, yeah. So, well... That's going to be difficult to match up. <laughs> yeah, because, well, maybe you'll see in the video then, like, because, yeah, it, does, it looked like an ink block on my end. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see what yours look like. We'll just have to play again. Rolls really? reverse this time. And so that takes us through, and we get that's where we get our first piece. So we get our first piece of the, this golden compass thing. Which we were a little bit confused by. I was grabbing it, and I put it on the boat, and once we both get on a boat, the boat moves. Yes. But then we were trying to get onto the Nautilus where we had seen a mine car before and the mine car wasn't there and we were really scared. <laughs> we were really scared that this was the bug. Oh, this is gonna end the game. We can't play. Yeah. And it was you that grabbed it back off the boat, grabbed the disc off the boat. Oh, I can actually still grab this. Yeah. Because I hadn't I thought that was just to get the boat back. Yeah. Which also explains where I think it was you who said, well, is that it? Why did we bring this boat here? What was that for? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it had nothing to do with the boat. It had everything to do with the disc that we the got. piece, yeah. yeah. But that's a good way of the game kind of gating off different parts. They could have done it better just by block making a door open to the minecart or maybe closing something. or But to actually see the cart there before and then you go back and it's gone, it's like, oh, oh man, something's gone wrong here. If it was fenced off or something, maybe maybe like an iron grate where you could look in and see the cart, and then maybe... Because basically what the game was telling you was, get that piece back to the, the apparatus before you do the next section. Exactly. And so it's a good way to do it. They just did it a little bit weird by removing a whole item out of the game suddenly. Yeah. That seemed like a game-breaking bug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have to put the disc onto the elevator... Take back the kind of cable the car thing back up, put it into the machine, and then head back. Yeah. So this is going to take us now to the Nautilus section. Yeah. Yeah. I like this section a lot. I think this is my favorite section it's of my, the game. Yeah. Well, I was, I was about to say it's probably my favorite section of the game, too. I really like this part. A lot of interesting puzzles, visually as well as just interesting puzzles. Probably some of the harder puzzles in the game, too. The refueling the Nautilus was doable, but was quite tough. I think most of these felt like, oh, they were a bit of a challenge. Mm. Everyone felt like a bit of a challenge, but not... But like doable. Yeah, it yeah. didn't feel insurmountable at all. Yeah. It felt like we could definitely handle them. The first one, the first big one, I think, was actually having to walk around 
the tunnels. We put on, well, one of us gets to put on... Oh, the diving helmet. A the diving helmet. Famous which, bubbles. Very good design. You've got the dial telling you if you have enough oxygen. And a big warning, three marks, and red lines on the left side. Like, you better get somewhere. And, yeah, you better because you move so slowly. Yeah. <laughs> this was a good part where you could. we didn't have to die to trade places. You could come back to the lift. I could lift you out of the water again. And then I could take the helmet off you. Because I stole the helmet off you. Right away. Right away. Because it says interact. So I was like, oh, maybe I have to push something to activate it for you. But suddenly I'm wearing it. It's like, oh, Justin. And you're just walking around going, what, what, what? (laughs) (laughs) Where did it go? Yeah. They did a great job with the walkie-talkie as well, where you have lights for that as well inside, because you would not be able to do the walkie-talkie with the mask in the way. Honestly, I think the walkie-talkie worked best when I was wearing the mask, because there are other times where you could be looking up and you don't see the walkie-talkie. Except like one inch of the antenna. But there are sometimes where even if I'm looking up towards the ceiling or anything, I'm not seeing it at all. Oh, really? Yeah. So you giving me like a flash of, yes, I am talking, I might not even see it. Mm-hmm. Didn't really happen in this area. But boy, was it confusing to understand what each other was looking at. Yeah. I had tunnels and I was just walking around. Oh, this is no problem, except I don't have enough oxygen. I have oxygen in two very close places to the entrance, but not further on. But I could get to most areas. Yeah. Especially the early part of it. I didn't really have much trouble as far as, oh, I need the oxygen moved. But that's because it took us a long time to figure out what we refer to as the yellow door and how to get through it. Yeah. We ended up switching places. And that's where I got to see what you were dealing with on the other side, which was a bunch of pipes and a bunch of symbols. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah that's right and then i realized when i when i switched roles with you that when i was on the in the pipe site i thought the symbols were all to get you oxygen but they're not the symbols were actually there on the door if you if you followed the pipes away from the doors they would they would show you symbols as well so it wasn't just all oxygen say like, oh that those double diamonds or whatever that will open the door and then we kind of smashed the puzzle after that we totally hammered it yeah you were falling down different Getting into areas. the new areas, yeah. And I was trying to say, please, just get to some oxygen first. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first time I just jumped, as I do, and then, yeah, oh, Justin, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> but I think it started me at the bottom of that. I believe so. So yeah. the, the checkpoint system in this was really fair. And I would say that the pipe system is quite fair as well. For the majority, I was just adding pipes by moving something so that the previous symbols were still lit. There were only okay. there were only a couple times where I had to take oxygen away from something we had done before. But yeah, it didn't really take us that long once we got to this point. It was a bit confusing at first. You have to really figure out where the pipes go. It's a mess in there. You get doors that open, and now you have new pipes to deal with and new symbols to deal oh, with. Oh, that's right, because the diver can, can turn valves that will open gates for you in the pipe room. I saw the pipes going way up into the roof, and I was like, I want to get up there, but... I don't know how to. And I was like, Justin, can you can you see this? And you found like one or two of them, but there was one to get you up that level. But that was down or the hole, I think, and yeah. and, and further like, on. I need that one. I need the ship's wheel. I don't have that one. I've yeah. wandered this area many times. Yeah. I have not seen it. <laughs> I can't swim. I can't change anything. The only thing I have is a door that I can't get in. Yeah. 
And that one's on you. And then we did figure it out. <laughs> and then I get into... Basically, uh, the diver then will find the Nautilus. I pull a lever and then it goes... What happens on your end, actually? It was a bit weird on my end. So the Nautilus is a huge dome bathoscope, I think. Yeah. We could see each other through the glass. I had a door on my side, but I couldn't open it. I thought I'd have to open it to get you in. Mm. There were harpoons, but without the arrows, the actual kind of spear on them. Oh, that's right. I pushed a button and I raised it up. That's what it was. So I saw that rising, but the door looked like it was trying to open, but couldn't. Yeah, I saw that from the inside. It was like trying to open, but it couldn't. One on my side opened and it, it led me into another part of the map on the opposite end of you, basically. So we have opposite sides of the same puzzle. Again, setup of trying to describe to each other, and yes, okay, we do have something similar, and what do we need to do? They're basically balls of energy that we need to transfer through a series of pipes, which again, in real life, no one would ever design this system. It's a nightmare. <laughs> but I love this. It felt very new. The idea of having on the one side an inventory system, this is the A-shaped pipe, here is how far it stretches. This is how many you have between the two of you. Yeah. You push the button and you take one and the number will drop because now you have one less. And you have to match the shapes. Of course, our boards look different. So we have the same shapes, but in different locations. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a series of, for us, trial and error and a bit of logic. of Okay, well, I can get this one to here, but what is the end game and what shape can I reach theoretically? Because you go, oh, well, I can get it to the circle. I go, well, the circle is at the beginning of my board and there's nothing I can connect to it for what we need. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the real tricky one came at the end where we had to split Split or double them even. Yeah, Yeah. We had to split the shapes because I needed, I think, two blue and you needed two orange, something along those lines. Yeah. So we had to use a T-shaped one in order to split it into two so that we could each have one for our end game. Mm. A lot of fun. I really enjoyed this puzzle. There were times in the, in the midst of it where I was going, ah, this is very frustrating. But overall, really clever, really interesting, and not a puzzle I think we've seen in the games we've played thus far. Yeah, we've, we've seen all kinds of pipe games, like flow games, but nothing quite like this. I love the mechanic of if you got the orange light and the blue light into the same one, it would like blow off the pipe, which gave me a huge jump scare when that happened the first time. I was like, oh man. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting puzzle. Never seen anything, anything like it. I'm not sure if I want to see it again, because <laughs> <laughs> it did frustrate me quite a bit, but solving it felt great. Really good. This will take us into the Nautilus and further down and we get to talk to a giant octopus or kraken however you want to describe it giant creature that as I sat into the cockpit and you stayed in the main area I could see that it was communicating both with a symbol and with a sound and the symbol was easy to convey the sound not so much Mm. and you had a message that said Answer its questions truthfully. Yeah, like speak the truth. And you had a book. I know because we did swap places after we died once. Because if you miscommunicate enough times, it's just going to crush you and you yeah. sink. Yeah, basically the tentacle will slap the side of the Nautilus and it'll put like a crack in the glass. You start taking a water. I think you get three chances and then you're you're sunk. 
you had a book, basically a dictionary yeah. with symbols, and you also had a wheel of six symbols, each of which had three sounds that you could use levers to hear. Yeah. This was one of our stopping points. Yeah. We were very frustrated. And it was it was getting late. That's true. I mean, it was late. I think, though, the idea of, oh, I'm going to have to mimic these sounds right. for the other person to hear was not something either one of us wanted to do. Luckily, that's not the case because I had the idea of, I think we can do it through the walkie-talkie. Probably the part where the walkie-talkie were kind of the worst. You could only barely hear it. Sometimes I didn't hear it at all. You were saying it was playing whole messages with different sounds. I only ever caught one sound. So I don't know what was going I don't even know if you're supposed to solve it that way. I think you might have found something that was not supposed to be found. If we didn't do it that way, I was going to take the headphones out and I was going to put a microphone up to the speaker and uh, right, right. have you do it. Because there's no way. There's no way. Some of those sounds are so similar. Yeah. They are sounds that are not made by human mouths, as far as I can yeah. tell. It would be really, really tough. Having an idea of what it sounds like, even if you could barely hear it, and a description mm-hmm. was enough to get us through this pretty quickly once we understood, but we had to guess what the right message was. Yeah. First one, though, this is one where just, it's a co-op game, you're playing with your friend, and you think you know the answer, but, like, it was saying greetings or something. Yeah. And I was like, well, tell me how to say greetings. Even though we hadn't figured out the sound yet that first night. Yeah. But you told me a symbol that I didn't have. Because on the left side, I have four symbols. Those are the ones that I can see develop in the eye when it speaks. And on the right, I think I have about 12 symbols, whereas you had 30 or something. Yes, I'm stupid. I couldn't do greetings because I didn't have the symbol, I think, that I, I needed for that one. But you were trying to get me to say all sorts of other things. Like, can I just say hello? <laughs> And we did that one, and that was the one thing we did say that first yeah. time we got to this one. And so we did that, but then the other questions are a bit more tricky. Who are you? Mm-hmm. We chose friends that worked for us. We don't know if explorers would work. Yeah. There was something about the king. So basically, you can get rid of the three tentacles, I think, and then you're pretty safe, maybe? Yeah. Or does one come back if we get it wrong? Towards the end, we got one of them wrong. What do you want? What do you want? And we said justice. And one of the tentacles was like, came back around and went, point, no, <laughs> that's the wrong answer. You fools. So we wanted escape, I think is the escape, correct answer. Yeah. But I would be interested to go back and see if explorers would be accepted. Yeah, it was like, was it three or four questions? Yeah. yeah. Is the king an enemy? That was the, that was the second question. And what do you want? Yeah. To get out of here. <laughs> then comes what I refer to as the overcooked puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, We get taken further down, and we are put in a room full of recipes. There is a stream that goes in a circle with buckets. Some are empty, some have colors and shapes, and a bunch of machines that we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Recipe at the beginning, big recipes we can both see, symbols on the machines. Oh my goodness, so much to get settled into. Yeah, but a lot of fun. Like, I really love this puzzle, but I also really love Overcooked, so... <laughs> I like this puzzle, too. This was, this was a lot of fun. Even through the failings, like, I didn't mind failing this one over and over again. 
I didn't necessarily like having to watch the cutscene over and over again of the failure. Yeah, so I, I get it. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> There's a timer. That is the really the most difficult part. I think it would have taken us far less time if there was no timer. Yeah, but maybe that's it. Maybe that is the key to this puzzle: is putting that pressure on you and making you have to do order of operations and how quickly can you do it. It's like an efficiency puzzle almost. It seemed impossible at first. Yeah. Even I was saying, well, there's no way we can make these six things that quickly. So clearly when we get one recipe done or one vial at the top by the timer filled, it's going to pause or rewind the time a bit. No, it doesn't. Yeah. You have to just really get through a lot of, yeah, like you said, efficiency. Oh, well, look, here's a trick. I can pour the color into the machine and then use that same bucket as the final bucket that collects the the final product. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of things saved a lot. But getting started was the hardest part because there didn't seem to be any levers. There were no buttons. The levers we had just started everything or finished it. Exactly. Yeah. Just like the kind of catalyst for the action was placing an empty bucket. Yeah. Which, no surprise that that should fool us again, because the other alchemy time where we had to put a glass under it, and that was the trigger, also got us. (laughs) But I think because of that, we figured that one out much faster this time than we would have if we hadn't had that one in the previous game. I put it in and I went, oh, there we go. That's what we need to do. There are some things that needed no colors and some things that needed colors to run i had a big grinder my grinder once it started it could continue to run without the color so i could give, give the color me. back to my, you i had a, a kind of grinder it was like a saw blade thing that, that, a slicer but that kept the color and so it wouldn't give it back to me until the operation had finished basically the orange color is the one that was sort of the bottleneck between us and we yep. really had to figure that one out we were chopping pine cones and vines Mushrooms, and crystals. Grinding crystals, yeah. This is a lot of things. But I love this because it was like you get a little bit further, you fail, and you're like, right, we can do it this time. Get a little bit further, you fail again, like, we got this, we got this. And then eventually, yeah, we got it, but I think we're, we were in the red when we finished it. Oh, I'm sure we were. Yeah. Basically, your last machine, it was just running, and we were just waiting. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> Standing by the lever, yeah. just ready. Yeah. Please don't make another garbage broken gear. <laughs> no, that's a great level. And then again, after this one, you can run across and look at the other side, yep. see what they were dealing with. But we now have a new small vehicle to climb up to the top. Very dangerous vehicle. So I can follow flashing lights and at the end of you. That was a bumpy ride. Yeah. It was rocking. Yeah, and- it was all over the place. Is this the one where we get the cutscene halfway up to the... We're, again, taking the disc back on the cable car back to the main tower. Yeah. And I think this is the one where the jester is sort of being tortured by the king. Mm. Like, why haven't you captured them yet? Yeah. Jester's saying, well, they're too clever. Yeah. Keeps calling us rats. Rats in a maze. This, though, will take us to the cemetery. Which I'm looking at notes, but I don't even know why. We did this yesterday. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know this one far too well now. Yeah. Not my favorite. I enjoyed it, but this one just really felt frustrating a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, we both said, let's do the cemetery last. I'm kind of, I'm not angry at it, but I'm like, 
been bummed out that this was the final puzzle. I'd much rather we ended on the Nautilus. The cemetery seemed like the place to end, didn't it? And it was the worst out of the three. It was the wor- maybe the worst out of the whole game. But maybe because we didn't get it, or I didn't get it. And also because we realized we could just kind of force ourselves through it. Yeah. It just seemed to overstay its welcome a bit. The first puzzle was great. <laughs> you opened a coffin or something. And yeah, then you... yeah, I was like, what's the, again, trapping myself because I'm too stupid with my fingers opening things. It's like, oh, here's a coffin. It looks like I shouldn't open it. I opened it and then this green ghost kind of comes out. So I flip out and then fall over backwards into a well. Uh, uh, Justin, what? Well, I fell down a well. oh well at least the gate that i told you before was locked well that's open yeah yeah, exactly so i can walk in i see a huge tree gazebo area a bunch of archways with loose stone that says interact and i try apparently my character tries shoving it with his elbow that does not work Mm. no surprise yeah there's a well that I can interact with, raising and lowering, which we very quickly realized we're going to pass stuff to each other. Yeah. There was, in the gazebo, the puzzle, though, and that's what we need to get into. Discs, I have half an arch or kind of half a doorway with symbols on it, arrows going both ways between characters, and a delivery system. So I can give you the discs from the bottom, because at the top is basically locked in that's what we need to match up to and you quite quickly realized oh they've got to be ones touching on the chart i can only pass you things that are touching and we can also only lock things onto our board that are touching so we just have to make sure we get each other the right symbols in the right order took a while yeah took a while i don't think because it was hard or we didn't know what we were doing it's just like it was a bit laborious maybe there's a more efficient way to solve the puzzle but i don't see how there would be because i mean you would start at the bottom you can't start from the middle you'd have to start at the very end and work your way up and around and then maybe work from the other bottom part which is what we did which is what we did in the end and i think it would not take us so long next time because we would know we have to do it that way Mm -hmm. whereas when you're doing the first time oh look i've got all of mine oh i've got one that doesn't work at all (laughs) and i need the one that we have to trade four things for. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to it. Yeah, but there it is. It's done. I get a stairway that opens up. What happens? It to opens you? for me and leads into it leads into the catacombs. Anytime you get a doorway that opens up, it feels pretty good. Yeah. I head down. I'm lighting all the torches on the way. There's a gate between us that we can't open. I'm missing a gear. You're missing a gear. Okay, we need to do something else. You have coffins with information on them. I got a bunch of coffins. Some of them have like little uh, like locks on them. They're not locked, but they've got like latches on them and handprints on them. So those ones, when I open them, they've got something scribbled on the inside of the coffin, which is kind of a clue. The other coffins have nothing in them, but I opened up absolutely everything, and it really obstructs your view and gets in your way, and you can't close them again. So you have to jump around them, and it really caused a lot of hassle. So I stopped opening those on my second run after we died several times. We died. Many times. Yes. You also had information on family trees. I had a family tree. I had birds. I had a riddle about, not a riddle, but just like there's keys in the graves of these people. Family trees, some of them incomplete, some of them without names, just XXX lies here. It was a mess. It was a mess. You sent me up a pickaxe. That's right, because I didn't have any use for it anymore. I 
pretty much beat down all the walls with it. And with that, then I was able to break into each of the guild areas into the cemetery. Yes. A couple of them were very organized in rows. A couple of them were sort of all over the place and around. That made it a bit difficult. What counts as a row in those kind of <laughs> plots, I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, we got it, but I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it either, because the riddles were there, and I felt like we understood them. Some of them we got, like the peacock one we got. There were five riddles. I, I think would we say got two. <laughs> two we got solidly. One I got pretty quickly, but because I had already made so many other guesses. Right. So the mechanic here, if you don't remember, is that I have a pickaxe. I can break into each grave. And in some graves, there is a key. Mm -hmm. And in other graves, there are just spirits that come out and start talking to me, make my screen green, and basically make the game unpleasant <laughs> while I'm playing, <laughs> which is probably the other thing about this. I like the idea of it, mm. but actually playing through it, it's just like somebody whispering in your ear when you're trying to figure out a puzzle, and it's mm. not fun. <laughs> we got two that I would say really solidly. We had one that basically, we were trying and trying and trying, and then I got to a point where I felt like we had already tried everything. I'm just going to systematically hammer through each one. Yeah, I think I told you something. I said, I'm off to the toilet, Justin. You just start smashing graves. Yeah. Well, when you did that, I actually luckily got one. Right. Boom. Oh, I've got one. Oh, you're not here to celebrate. That's right. <laughs> but then the one that we'd spent the most time on, we just didn't understand the puzzle. There were five or six graves with the same name. I think that was the one that was something about the father named his son after his favorite bird, and we didn't know if it was the symbol on the grave or if it was the name. We just didn't understand it. Ended up being a woman's name, so I think we totally were looking at the wrong puzzle for that section. Yeah. Just confusing. And so I was like, you know what? Dying doesn't really cost us anything. I mean, I just have to go collect the keys again. The keys don't rotate. Yeah, that, that's, again, one of the things that, it just makes it too easy just to smash through. Is like if they had different puzzles each time. Like if you mess it up, everything gets flipped around, and you got to do it all again. New riddles to solve. Right, like thought more four carefully. different sets of them or something. Yeah, yeah. It would be like, oh, now we're in trouble. Yeah, but with that, it probably would have been faster if I just died every time and just smashed three at a time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Until I found them. When we got to the last one, the fifth one. That was where I think I had to send you the keys so that you could open that up. And then a, a fifth one came to us. It's in a triple X grave. And I was like, well, I've already done all the others. Here's this one. And you're like, oh, boy, we're going to have to figure this one out. Yeah. And I'm like, smash it. And you're like, <laughs> oh, did you get it already? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've already smashed all the smashed other triple everything else, so yeah. <laughs> When you said that, I was standing right next to it. Oh, triple X. Boom. All right. I haven't tried this one. <laughs> And that was the, I believe, the final key. I, I went down into a hole, and that's where there was another crypt with another bunch of coffins. This time, it was more like coffins set into the wall, like in Skyrim, you know, the, the stand-up coffins. But they had these weird pictures. This is where we got the treasure map. Yes. And so it was like an X marks the spot thing. You had to go and dig up a pile of snow to get... What did you get out of the pile? Right. Well, this was one of the most frustrating things because you were saying, oh, there's this hole 
you're going to find this hole. I didn't know what you're talking about. We had a miscommunication where you said, okay, well, if you turn here and if you hug the wall. And so I was totally in the wrong place for most of it because I was in the different guild plot areas, which was not where I was supposed to be. I, I couldn't remember the crouch button, so I wasn't crouching, but I didn't see anything to crouch into. But I just kept thinking, oh, there's going to be an interact on the wall or I'm going to be able to jump on something that I couldn't before. Totally wrong. Because I didn't know what you were looking at either as well, because my map was just like a top-down thing. I could see what I thought were stairs, but eventually I worked out, oh, those are the gravestones. And so we worked that out, and there's a few decent landmarks on the map, so we we got that. And then I didn't know if it was a hole in the wall or if it was something you had to interact with, like a secret door or... But I think when you told me to hug the wall, I assumed it was going to be in the wall somewhere not realizing, oh, it's going to be one of these weird snow mounds I'd noticed before, which there are more than we actually used. So that makes me think that... Maybe the maps change? I don't think so. I doubt that that would be the case. Because I didn't have any more maps. I only had two maps. I think just they put more mounds in there so it didn't seem so obvious. Uh, Oh, there's only two. What's that over there? Yeah. Because I did look at it earlier on, and maybe not this specific one, but other ones, And they didn't say interact. You can't interact with this. It doesn't say dig until you've gotten to the maps. Right, right. I dig that up. I think the first one gave me my gear and the map. Mm -hmm. Well, not a map. It's more like a a code, a number code. One equals one parenthesis. Two equals two. Five equals five. Ten is a circle. Forty is four circles. Okay, so it's... Circles and brackets, but yeah. on my end, it's not just like bracket, bracket, circle, circle is 22. It's like two circles with a bracket coming out of it, like a cherry stem, and then another bracket over the top of that, like an umbrella. Uh, or it would be like four circles in a diamond shape with brackets between them. Or it was just like they'd just taken those two simple shapes that you had and then really messed around with them. So it was okay, it was doable. We solved it because you were like, Oh, it's a mass problem. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like it was going to be. I had two numbers to give you. I gave you those. Yeah. But my fool move was going back down and placing my gear now that I had it, because now I'm stuck in the gear room, which one doesn't really have a lot of light. So I have to hover by the one torch that I've lit mm. so that I can see the papers I'm looking at and also the gears. And the door just constantly trying to open, but not being able to. Click, 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 click. And I know there is a setting for the audio where I could have adjusted that, Mm -hmm. but I had trouble getting to it and figuring out how to get to that right part while also trying to answer your question. Right, right. (laughs) But that gets us to... What does that? I mean, it gets basically to your gear. We get another part. I, I, I got a gear... Of the, basically, I smash one of the walls again. I get my gear. We open it up, and then we meet each other. I take you through to my section. There's the final piece of the device. And so we carry that back to the chapel, and we pop it in. Yeah, which, of course, we try to get a good camera angle for first. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say cheese. <laughs> get um, in the right place. No, you took a nice, cell, a nice picture outside with the final piece of the puzzle outside the chapel. All right, Justin, wave. And then we get like a, a kind of portal ending where instead of, it's not the end of the game singing the song, but we take the elevator right up and it tells us the story. The whole story now, I think. We kind of get the whole story through what looks like. Like stained glass or exactly. something. Exactly. Really beautiful. Yep. I enjoyed that. That takes us up to where the jester is. 
mm-hmm. and the jester speaks to us, and the king, who is now the castle, realizes that the jester is trying to betray him again, finally, <laughs> and does something. The jester disappears. We have a huge puzzle to mess with now. And just before that, though, I believe something we haven't mentioned is something I never got to see. My arm looked different. Yeah, I meant to say that because I thought it happened to me too. And I just assumed I saw it happen to you. And it was in one of the rooms where the jester first captures us. We're kind of on the ground because he can kind of control us and hang us upside down at some points. And he's just, he's basically our puppeteer. There's a, a part where two kind of skeletons grab you, grabbed your arm and then he did some magic. But I think it was when we tore the scroll. That's what it was because it was the king's name that was on the scroll. And it wrapped around your arm and then a, a hand came and grabbed you and then he kind of severed the, the hand so it was like stuck to you. So the whole game, you've been running around with this glowing scroll attached to your arm and I never bothered to mention it. <laughs> and I never saw it. I really couldn't see it from my end. That probably could have been done a little bit better. Yeah. This puzzle, oof, at first seemed easy and then it was just a bit confusing because of for us, order of operations. We had to do things in a particular order. A lot of things that you have to pull together. Getting you up on an elevator, like that is pretty standard stuff. But okay, we've got to try to open the door, the final door together. Oh, well, it's not ready yet. yet. Yeah. Oh, we have to move all of these different orbs around until the crystal is facing the light. And there's a part where we couldn't get through because the door hadn't been opened yet or part of the wall got smashed or something there is a part where much like early on in the game there's a bookcase we had to move together well here we had to move some like debris out of the way yeah (laughs) so that we could cast the light the only real puzzle here was the levers yeah like a moon a shooting star saturn things like that and we were trying it so much but it wasn't time for this yet. Yeah, because I was looking at the wall going, this has to glow. This should do something. And it wasn't. But it wasn't until we finally got to another part. Yeah. I like this part of the game, though. And this is something I wish that they'd done maybe a bit more as well, where there was little, little tiny little cutscenes interspersed in the game where I'd fall off something and you'd help me up. This game had real drama to it. It felt it had a real, real sense of urgency to this level. Things are exploding. Things are breaking. Things are shutting down and you've got to restart again. It was good. I like that. But this one part with this thing, we're just like, okay, we can get to this. We must be able to use it. It's like, nope, not yet. Go and do that other thing first. So yeah, uh, once we got it, we knew what we were doing. As soon as that thing lit up, we're like, oh, okay, that's that's what we're doing. We just had to make sure that we had the full path to hit the one that's going to power that up. We had already powered up something with a double, like, you push down and the level goes up and we're kind of building a pressure. We'd already figured that out. Not even sure what that's for now. I've no idea. <laughs> I don't know what that does. I'm assuming it did something, but we just did it. Yeah, because it seemed right. There was a dial there. It was like, yeah, it's one of those like, um, what do you call it? Those little things on the track, you know, that you pump up and down to move. So we just did that. It locked in place. It's like, all right, that's done, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we... Fire up the machine. Open the gate. And then the jester steps sort of halfway between the worlds. (laughs) The world of windmills, apparently, in the background. Yeah, he goes back to Denmark or wherever he's from. Probably the Netherlands. And uh, yeah, so here you go. You've got 
half in, half out with his ripped scroll. I guess lightning, electricity is flashing everywhere and everything gets destroyed, I guess. The jester only asked that we remember we were here and boom. Here comes the ending. And let's, well, in a way, he's one now, but I think he still wanted to be powerful and immortal. Mm. He didn't quite get that, but he's finally not stuck in that immortality he doesn't like. I just end up getting burned at the stake for being a wooden talking puppet in 15th (laughs) century, wherever he is. So the ending. Yeah. All right. So this is probably, I'm just going to say, probably the most disappointing part of the whole game. Yeah. And I think that we made it worse. Definitely. No. Correction. I made it worse. (laughs) (laughs) This is a whole chapter. If you go back to the menu, you can restart here. Chapter 6 finale. We got it into our hopeful, optimistic minds that there was going to be a good ending and there wasn't. And maybe there is or maybe there will be. Maybe it will be patched in later. But thus far, no. The first time we did it, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> You're floating out to sea. I'm in urine. I'm in urine. There's Vangelis-like music. There's really loud. It's really loud. There's a ship horn blasting lights. It's hard to see. You can get to a raft. You were already on the raft. You got right to it. I was looking around a lot. So I get to the raft. I'm like, okay, great. We can get on. Uh, okay, I can't. I need your help. Yep. Ask friend for help. Yep. And... A circle forms. Yeah. All right, I'm asking for help. And then you said the first time you didn't respond. You purposely were going to let me drown. Yeah, I was. Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) For science, for science. (laughs) But then, yeah, it was a weird set of animations of me slipping, but then you catching me, and then I get up on top of the raft, and then you go into the water. Yeah, because I was like, oh, man, I was going to let you drown first just to see if that triggered an ending. And then I let you in, and then you kicked me out. I was like, oh man, I've been betrayed by Justin. But no, that's just the way the cut scene, the cut animation works, basically. And you get a couple tries, and then one One of of you you dies. dies. And that's it. You freeze. You're freezing, and you can see your icy vision gets worse as as your your character is shivering, starts to become covered in ice. They do a great job visually. Of telling you what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But the mechanics of this were just awkward. We're not like anything we've really done in the rest of the game. It doesn't feel like that. I know it's the same interact as like holding a lever or pulling a switch, but it doesn't feel the same. It felt like you had to have your cursor on a very set point as well to trigger it. The hitbox wasn't very big, yeah. really. And every time you go to help, they slip once, and then you have to move again move and again. help again. Yeah. But then that's it. One of you, whoever is on the short end of the stick, basically drowns, freezes to death, and you don't even get a rescue. Nothing. Just that's it. Roll credits. And so I was like, no, this is not the ending of the whole thing. We're doing this. And so I came up with an idea that let's go back. And rather than just struggling, which, I mean, honestly, I think, and I do this a lot where I think of things and then I'm like, I wish it was this way. And I I think that would be better. I do think that would be better. So I get in my mind that other people are smarter than I am. So surely this is the right answer. Surely we can do this. Because if I can think it up, then the creators of the game would have been able to think it up. And so 
I'm like, rather than us struggling and just get in, get out, get in, get out, let's time it. So I'll hang on to the side until I'm almost frozen to death and then we'll take turns. There's a little lamp there. Maybe we can warm up. I'll time it. How long does it take me to die? One minute and 10 seconds. All right. So I'll do it. Let's restart the game again. Roll credits. Exit out. Restart the game. Okay. At one, I start the timer. One minute. Okay, Justin, let me in. You fall in. Right. We'll check time it for you. One minute. All right. You get in. And then I died. We're hitting this invisible end condition, like lose condition. It's either how many times you fall in or the timer runs out. Yes. And we also tried basing it off of the ship's horn. Because that's clockwork as well. Every 30 seconds. Yeah. You thought, oh, let's try and do it based on the ship's horn, not on holding as long as possible. But maybe the ship's horn is a cue because... Throughout the game, we've not really had to do a timer. We've not really had to make notes because the information we always had access, one of us could go and look. Yeah. Even though we got through some puzzles much easier because you took notes. notes, (laughs) Oh, you don't have to go back to that room and look for that tapestry. I've got it written down. Yeah. But the game doesn't expect you to do that. And that's great. That's a whole another level of puzzle design as well, which is amazing. We haven't really discussed where a puzzle game where you don't actually even need to take notes. And it's a very almost mist-like puzzler where there's weird machines involved that you don't know how they work. It's great puzzle design, really. We tried so many things. I think an hour and a half. I, I think, think we tried it for, yeah, at least. And we tried every combination. We switched roles. We we did everything. We tried... One of the earliest things we tried was just holding on to the raft, but you can't just hold on to the raft. If you get anywhere close to it, it just kind of sucks you in and, like, throws you on top. And this was a problem with one of the animations was... This animation, this area is particularly buggy because you noticed some problem. You were laughing at one point. You are like, did you fall in too? Looks like we're both drowning. And there was one point where... Yeah, but you had not. You no, were still I was standing, on the raft. Yeah. But I was looking at your body under the water, drowning. Right, right. And then there was one point where we were both holding on, and I was like, oh, maybe this is it. And you're like, do you want me to help you up? I was like, oh, are you standing? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it looks like you were just holding on the side. I thought there was a way to paddle. It was so frustrating. This was really, really frustrating. There was a time where I thought we had done it, Like, we have to push it at the same time. We have to get there at the same time. The game kind of freaked out, and we looked like we were superimposed on each other. I was looking down at your legs, and I got so excited. Yes, we've done it. (laughs) We figured it out. And you said, I'm still in the water. I'm like, oh, Uh, oh, yeah. It's just really frustrating because I think we know in the past there's been a secret good ending. Only for one game, though. True. But it has happened. There's precedence for it. And here, I think part of the problem is we are so quick to get onto this one. We bought it the hour it was available to us. Yep. And we're playing it that night. That we have this idea that maybe we will find something that hasn't been found yet. Mm. I mean, even walkthroughs, there aren't a lot of yet. Yeah. We are in the game. We are as early as most regular people. Maybe we will find something. Maybe there is a trick. So we were searching the internet for stuff, but not a lot is even coming up. And the only thing I think we found were other people confirming 
yeah, that's the ending. That's a little disappointing. Yeah, even from a lore standpoint, I get it. The curse is that the king needs to trap people to power the soul crystal to keep the whole thing running. They always come in pairs, and one of them always has to stay behind. That's the curse. But we broke the curse. You know, we killed the king. We, we, we set off that big thing. There's a huge explosion. The jester's gone, and it's over. Why are we still cursed? I really wanted a good ending. It really, really bummed me out, man. <laughs> it's, it's so sad. But I do understand it is part of the curse, but I just felt that the curse was broken, and I wanted that happy ending. I think as well the fact that we could just start right at that point. That's a telltale sign as well. It's like, oh, why are we allowed to play this little five-minute scene? It's so detailed as well. Why is there a foghorn? Why is the ship's foghorn going off every 30 seconds? Why is there a beacon flashing on this bit of, of like, flotsam that we're stuck on? Why is there all this flotsam here? You even at one point said you thought you saw the, the Nautilus, the Nautilus that sinking. we could get yeah. into. Like, oh, maybe we could solve that. I kind of wanted that one more puzzle to put it together. Or even just an ending. Like, just like, yeah. even even if one of us, okay, maybe one of us stays, not one of us dies, but maybe one of us gets in the Nautilus and it sinks and the fate unknown, and then another person is on the raft, fate unknown. I would have been happier with that than just, oh, one of you just dies. There's a part of me that would even just like to see that one person on the raft get rescued. Exactly. Because we don't know if they will, and they're in pretty rough shape. Yeah. The other thing about the ending is that in all the other games, the main theme of all the other ones was choice. Choose who gets to get sacrificed. Choose who gets left behind. Choose who chooses to go back. But in this one, it's like you're flipping a coin. Who's going to die? Unless you just choose not to help your friend. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just bad that that's the ending. Like, that's the ending to the whole series. That's the ending to this great game. And then we made it so much worse by spending an hour and a half on it of like trying to figure it out, hoping there was something better. And I think making ourselves more miserable with it throughout. So I don't want to influence too many other people to say that it's bad, that the game is bad just because it has what we refer to as a bad ending. Oh, certainly not. No, definitely not. It's a great game. Endings to me are very important. And it's a very, just a personal thing when it comes to me that how something ends affects how I feel about the thing as a whole. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to taint other people's vision of the game. I enjoyed it. I would definitely play it again. We are going to play it again because I want to get those other achievements and see some of the other sides that you had that I didn't get to play. Yeah. But it did leave me last night going to bed with just kind of a down feeling after feeling so high throughout the whole thing, of feeling so good throughout the whole thing, that was a disappointing moment that kind of tainted the whole experience a little bit for me. I think that the game is the best of the four overall as far as really clever puzzles, well-designed puzzles. The visuals are at their peak. I'm sad that the series is over. I don't know what Total Mayhem will do after this. I hope they continue to do stuff. If you want to have a different setting, if you maybe don't want to do a co-op game and you want to do a different type of puzzle game, you want to do something totally different, I mean, it's up to them what they want to do. I will play it. I want to support this dev, this publisher. I love what they did with these four games. And that's what I want to leave 
feeling. Yeah, I agree. It's been a really amazing ride to get to this point. I've never felt real hype for a game like this one. Coming from a free game, which usually is like, oh, a throwaway, you know, whatever. We Were Here was a really well fleshed out introduction to the series. It's got great lore throughout it. It's got a good story. And it just seemed to get better and better and better. Usually games hit a point and they get worse. This one just kept moving forward. And I'm not going to let the ending ruin that. Just because I personally don't agree with it doesn't mean it's it's wrong. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, and I feel the same. Gaps for the more gaps created. Before we did our yeah. extra stuff last night that we're gonna we're gonna get to <laughs> the extra two hours of drowning. And well, you can't say that there. Oh, right. <laughs> sorry, I cut that out.